It is that time of year again, that mystical, magical time where instead of inviting you into the cockpit, we take you on a terrifying adventure. This is Fright Flight number three? Number four? I don't know. Fuck if I remember, man. I thought we would have given up on this gimmick by now. <laughs> Me, but the entire podcast. Same, actually. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to Fright Flight 2023, the interstitial episode where instead of talking about the stuff in our lives, we talk about horror shows on the internet. Web series. They have episodes, but they're generally not long form enough content to make it worth actually reviewing. So, you know, we bundle up a bunch of little terrors together and talk about them here. And we share those little nightmares on the waves for you. Uh, no, no, that's a game. Oh, my yeah. bad. Speaking of games, though, one of the three shows we're reviewing this time around is not a, a traditional web series in that it is a TV show from a video game. Yes. We will get there, though. First, though, we have for you the third part of our epic installment of Being Human. We've reviewed Being Human, we've reviewed Being Human, okay. and now we review Becoming Human. Do you feel like we've reviewed too much Being Human stuff? No, because this time we've taken October and made it ours. We're reviewing our favorite TV show, the origin material for one of our favorite TV shows, and the spinoff of the original material of one of our favorite TV shows. And then we're reviewing shows based around a game that we both love. We've taken this October and made it ours. But didn't we start it too early then? No. Because, you see, holidays over time get longer. Not all holidays. Some holidays shrink. Like, Thanksgiving is now, like, less than 12 hours. Oh. I feel like you're not going the direction I thought you were going. I thought you were going to say all holidays eventually get killed by the Christian church. Well, kind of. In this regard, all holidays get consumed by either Christmas or, or Halloween. Christmas is now like almost three months Wait, long. is capitalism the new Christianity? Capitalism has been the new Christianity for about 150 years. That tracks. Ever since the Industrial Revolution. I blame old people. I blame dead people. But dead people are old. Speaking of dead people, Becoming Human. Two of our main cast in this are dead people? Mm-hmm. Becoming Human is a spinoff of the UK version of Being Human. Yes. It is a web series mm-hmm. consisting of one season, and the total runtime of the entire season is roughly 35 minutes. Terrifying. Mm, indeed. Uh, it centers on a character who we, who we did not get to in the UK review of Being Human. And his name is Adam. He's a vampire. He's a 16-year-old teenage vampire who is actually 46. Yay. I love letting 46-year-old men just wander about high schools. To be fair, this is the best version of this trope I've seen. Yeah, because at least he's, like, not two centuries old and is still relatively a teenager. Not like, hey, I'm 18, I could easily do adult things, but instead, I'm going to pretend to be a high schooler again. Yeah, but like that's because his skin sparkles and, <laughs> he, you know, his entire family has moved to Forks so that they can... Do senior year again. Yeah, and also, it's not weird that... Four of his siblings are dating each other. No, that's not, not weird. weird at all. It's because they're foster siblings. It's okay. Yeah, it's perfectly natural. Perfectly fine. No one has ever said it's weird, ever. I think, in general, the state would remove your foster child if it, they were in a relationship with another one of your foster children. I would think probably or possibly, yeah. Yeah, it feels right. Anyways, Adam is 46. He's attending high school because he's never actually like paid, done that. A, paid attention and done that. Yeah, he's never paid attention, finished high school, done other things. And he thinks of himself as way too smart to like get a minimum wage job and like do that. So he's like, I'm gonna go to school, learn my shiz, and like... It's not hard. It's not that hard. <laughs> and then as he's walking through the hallways, entering the school for the first time, he sees some people passing. And he's like, but sometimes it's kind of hard to control the whole vampire thing and his eyes go black and we see his teeth get a bit sharp. The thing that happens in being human when vampires get hunger 
And so he makes his way to the cafeteria where he approaches a group of the cool kids where he proceeds to be absolutely goddamn cringy. Because again, Mm -hmm. he's 46, not 16. It's been 30 years since he knew what was hip with the teenagers. Yeah, he's using very outdated slang. Being just generally crude. It's not a good time. So he gets chased off by one of the members of the cool group. His name is Danny. Yes. And told to go sit with some other people. Danny Zuko. No. (laughs) Not Danny Zuko. We're not doing Grease things. We could. There's a Grease TV show. Never. It's... Never. What, what is it called? Never. It's about the girls. I forget what their group is called. They're the Pink Ladies. Yeah, it's about the Pink Ladies. That's what it is. Just because you've finally watched Grease doesn't mean it has to be your entire personality. It's not. Most of my personality is wrestling with a tiny bit of Magic the Gathering and an even smaller bit of Glee right now. I understand. I was just joking because you've mentioned Grease so many times since you've watched the movie. Yeah. Turns out it's a really good touch point. And also, Glee's doing Grease right now. Uh Oh. Mm-hmm. Bad times. I mean, the songs are good. That's the only thing Grease had going for it. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Um, Anyways, after being chased off by Danny, in the cafeteria, Adam starts, like, recording the cafeteria and being like, I need to study and take notes so that I can understand what it is I'm dealing with. Yeah, and, and a girl at a different table gets upset about that. Yeah. Being weird and creepy and recording people without their permission. Honestly, I thought she was a vampire at first because, again, in the UK being human, vampires don't show up on film or mirrors. Yep. So I was like, oh, she's upset because she's about to, her cover's about to be blown. But Adam's like, oh, because he recognizes what she is. Mm-hmm. He's like, I won't say anything about what you are. You don't say anything about what I am. We go different ways. Just trying to lay low here. And, and she gets annoyed. Yeah, and she's like, him. He, we then switch to her perception. Her mm-hmm. name is Krista. And she's like, I don't know who that guy was, but he seemed to know what I am. But that's not possible. How could he know what I am? Anyways, I've been dealing with this fat kid chasing me around. I call him the bouncy castle because he's so fat. She's a terrible person. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Although, until he got his name, I called him Pudge in my notes. Um, Fair. I didn't have a better name for him. And it was it, se- it sounded better than Bouncy Castle. Yeah. So, she's being all angsty because some weird things have happened. She's got scars from something. She doesn't say what. Mm-hmm. And things have just been weird lately. And Pudge has been stalking her. Mm-hmm. So, she's walking down the hallway and realizes he's behind her. So, she gets angry and yells at him to piss off. And when she turns around to yell at him, doing that, a teacher has just stepped out of his classroom. So she has just directly yelled this at a teacher. This is where Adam comes swooping in to be the white knight. He's like, oh, no, she wasn't yelling at you, teacher. She was yelling at me. And the teacher's like, oh, yeah? And why was she facing me? Adam tries to give a bullshit reason. He's like, she's just trying to get more weight behind her words. And so he mimics it. And when he turns around, he yells piss off like she did. Again, not the teacher. So the teacher's like, oh, cool. Both of you get detention now. Mm-hmm. So they both get detention. Krista turns to him and goes, I thought we were trying to steer away from each other. He's like, yeah, but if you get in trouble and get found out, then I'll probably get found out. And that's a bad time for both of us. So we then go to detention where... The teacher in charge doesn't give a shit. He puts on headphones and watches shit on his laptop. Like you do. Yep. The only people in detention are Adam, Krista, and Pudge. Adam then shows through a display of the missing persons poster in the classroom. Yes. That Pudge, his name is Matt Bolton. Mm-hmm. And, and he's dead. Yep. And Krista's like, he can't be dead. We're, we're talking, talking to him. He's like, yeah, but I'm a vampire. You're a werewolf. We can see him. We're supernatural things. He's a supernatural thing. She's like, I'm not a werewolf. That's not a thing. That's not true. And Adam's just like, okay, let's park that here for now. We'll come back to it. Because he's a 46-year-old man saying things like, we'll park that conversation here. We'll also make it a hand-breaking motion. Uh-huh. And in turn, addresses Matt, and he's like, okay, so if you died, 
you probably got murdered because when ghosts tend to linger, it's because of some big trauma thing around it. So you probably got murdered. So let's do something about that. Yeah, we'll figure out who murdered you, and that will solve your problems. Because at first, Chris is not on board. He's like, why would we help him? She's like, if we help him, he'll go away forever. And she's like, oh, I'm on board then. I don't know if we said this, because this is the end of episode one. Um, Becoming Human does not have episode titles. Becoming a Human episode one, and now we're on to Becoming Human episode two. Well, they do talk a bit. In, it's in the first episode, right? Where they oh, yeah, go right. with him to the bathroom. My bad. I skipped yeah, all yeah, of yeah. that. So they're trying to figure out what it could have been. So they head with him to a bathroom, which is the last place he remembers being. And he remembers like crouching over the toilet. So they ask if he threw up or whatever. He's just like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. I only had and lists a bunch of fucking food, a bunch of food. Mm-hmm. And they're going, oh, so you're probably throwing up. He goes, I wouldn't have got this fat if I couldn't keep my food down. Yeah, so they're trying to figure out who it could have been. So he's mentioning people that he knows it could have been, which is his parents. And his one friend. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure his one friend killed him. I think that's the twist. Probably. And he also mentions, oh, it was probably this bully, though, Danny, the same guy from before. Yeah, Zuko. Mm Mm-hmm. No. And that he's pretty sure he did it. And that's where that episode ends. No, the bully's name is actually Danny Curtis, and he's actually played by John Boyega. He is played by John Boyega. Who you'll know as... Traitor. It's Finn. Yeah. So then, episode two, we start with the three of them rushing up to Danny, one of them being a ghost, so Danny doesn't realize, but they're up to Danny, and they're like, hey, have you heard about that missing kid? And Danny's like, yeah, you mean Fat Matt? And they're just like, yeah, uh, turns out he's not missing he was murdered and danny's like what they're like yeah you should follow us in this room so yeah chris is like yeah my uncle works with the police or some shit like that as a passing line to explain why they know and no one's been told yet yeah so they take him into this empty chemistry classroom yep and attempt to get in to confess yeah uh, and the entire time matt is like slowly ramping up the antics mm-hmm. and honestly matt has a pretty good grasp on being a ghost already like he's picking shit up he's throwing shit slams the door shut writes on the marker board and marker lifts up the screen cover in the marker board so he can write on it yeah and danny's freaking out he's like what are you guys doing what are you freaks doing they're like well you know if you just admitted to murdering him it'd be fine he's like you really had murder someone look i only bully him to hide deep like inner hate for myself and a bunch of other things that i can't handle it's why i'm such a sarcastic asshole all the time like i have my own things that i'm dealing with and just like okay and matt is still like escalating throwing beakers and shit across the room and eventually this causes danny to cower in front of the desk and pee himself yep and they're like yeah he didn't do it yeah matt um adam and chris are like matt he didn't do it like and Krista gets upset and leaves because she is upset because matt basically admits that he knew that danny didn't do it but he still wanted revenge on danny for the six years of bullying he went through in fact he wants revenge on everyone and he's gonna use adam and chris to get it and chris is like yeah i know and and then adam's like you know we were trying to help but i can't be involved in this dude Uh, well adam's like look i'm a vampire do you know what i can do to anyone anytime and she's aware of what she can do what she can do truly when she is like that we can tear any one apart and Matt's like yeah it's so cool and adam's like no it's not it's really not cool it's terrifying i don't we don't want to do that yeah so i'm out too yep and, and then, that's the end of episode two so what do you think of becoming human will you watch the, the next 23 minutes of it honestly i might watch the next 23 minutes of it because it's fine it doesn't have bad production value for like a web series yeah and it's not horrible I, I mainly just want to find out that, yes, it is indeed Matt's friend who killed him. Yeah, me too. I'll watch the rest of it eventually, but I think first I want to, like, watch through Being Human UK up yeah, until Adam. You get Adam, yeah. And then watch the spinoff. Makes sense. But yeah, I would watch more. Good show. As always, for Fright Flight, we will leave the links to the YouTube videos 
in the show notes. So go check those out. Show notes. We don't pitch those hard enough typically. And we should because we got cool links down there, like links to our artists. Yeah, okay. Our artist and the person we had do our opening and intros definitely deserve the things. Yeah. The views. We have cool links down there. Go check them out. I thought you were referring to like social links and I was like, those are cool. Yeah, no, no. no. Who would call a Twitter link cool? Yeah, no. no. We have links to our artist's website and our musician's Twitch page. Yep. And uh, they did really cool work and they do really cool work. You should check them out. Agreed. Onwards to Fright Flight installment two. Was that a baked in ad? Did I just do a baked in ad read? You did technically, kind of, yeah. But we shall start with the first of two. Things related to the Alan Wake video game. Bright Falls, which is a prequel series to the Alan Wake video games. Yep. Um, all shot in live action. All, all live action and also roughly about 32 minutes long for the entire series. Mm-hmm. And it is meant to serve as an introduction to the town of Bright Falls, the setting location of the video game. Indeed. Episode one is entitled Oh Dear because they do have episode titles. Yep. And it opens with a shot and scene that has... As far as I can tell within these first two episodes... No context? No context. Yeah. There's a man climbing into a boat from a lake. Yes. Pulling a plastic bag that looks kind of like a body bag. It's a body bag. Into into the boat, reaching shore, pulling the body bag out of the boat and onto the shore, climbing back into his boat, paddling off, and we cut back to the body bag, and it's been opened, and whatever was in it is now gone. I mean, it was opened by the guy. He opens it when he gets there, and we see what looks like something wrapped in plastic Mm. inside of it. Looks vaguely human-esque. And also the person who was doing all this is just in a full-on diving gear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then whatever was in the bag is gone. Yep. And then we get the intro, which has very strong... Twin Peaks vibes? The show has strong Twin Peaks vibes. This intro has strong... I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Anyways, intro, very good. Give spooky vibes, but like not scary. Yeah. Um, that's the thing about I think it's creepy tension vibes. I think that's the thing about this this October for us. None of the stuff we've reviewed is decidedly spooky. It's all like tense and suspenseful and monstery, but like creepy. Not scary. Yeah. Anyways, we then go from this intro to a man driving a car. Talking on his phone to a man named Hal. Hal is the agent for our main character, the writer Jake. Mm -hmm. I have his last name. Who cares? Last names are irrelevant. You say Fisher. Jake Fisher. He's a writer and a reporter. And he's headed to Bright Falls to write a book. We'll write an article about Dr. Hartman. Indeed. And Hal's like, hey, uh, your wife didn't know you were going to Bright Falls. And Jake is like, yeah, well... I guess she does now because Hal mentions that he told her. Mm-hmm. And he hangs up on Hal because he did not want to deal with his wife. Yep. Uh, so he's driving down this dark road at night and everything seems fine. And he gets another call. Wait, no. The second call is later, isn't it? The second call is after he leaves the diner. Yeah. He does stop during the phone call, though. Yep. To take a, some type of pills and drink. Yep. And he then, does stop by pulling off at the side of the road, which is highly responsible, respectable. Mm-hmm. It's much more responsible of a driver than he is later. Yeah. But then we cut to him pulling into a dr- diner. Yes. Um, we don't really see him go inside. He's just inside then. Yeah. And this is the diner from the Alan Wake game. Mm-hmm. I think most people's experience with this show is typically that they played the game and then they went back and watched the show. I would assume because so. Because... I didn't know about Bright Falls until years after I played Alan Wake. Yeah. Microsoft may have put money into making this show, but they did not put money into marketing it. Yeah, I know. But the the diner is so accurate to the game. And like mm-hmm. within the diner, we meet Rose, yes. the waitress. I think she is the actress from Twin Peaks, actually. I know the character in the game is voiced by the actress from Twin Peaks. So I assume this is the same actress. I would think so. Makes sense. We also get other characters from the video games in this shot. Yeah. Including the Asgardian rocker dudes. Mm-hmm. 
and then the creepy old lady. Yep. Uh, they're also in this. So if you played the game, you'll recognize these figures from the game, which is cool because like the accuracy is very well done. So the first thing we see in here is no one but him. They're on a close-up shot of him at his table. Yes. Going through some paperwork when Rose walks up and asks if he's an investigator or a peeping Tom. Indeed. To which he replies, both, because he's a reporter. Which is a pretty apt description of Mm -hmm. being a reporter. So she faintly chuckles and says she likes writers. No, she only says she likes writers after he mentions the object horror. Because she has a full-size cutout of Alan Wake. And he is an author. Yes. And she's like, "I, I like writers. Yep. And then we cut back to him doing some work, sliding through papers. Mm -hmm. And Rose walks out with a plate filled with food. He's like, I didn't order anything. And no one replies to that. And instead, the cook from the back comes out carrying a cake, singing happy birthday, and says it on his table. Indeed. And the rest of the dining room joins in to sing happy birthday to him. Yep. And then we have him back in his car driving. And he is driving on his way home when his phone starts, well, driving on his way to the ho- his hotel. Yes. When his phone starts ringing and it's Libby slash home. Yes. And he looks down at his phone, looks, looks back at, at the road. Looks at it for way too long. And looks back down at the phone way too long. And hits a deer when he looks back up. Yep. And he gets out of the car immediately. The deer is making wheezing, rasping breaths and sounds of pain. So the deer looks terrible. Yes. It's a terrible deer. The accuracy to deer noises, though? Pretty accurate, yeah. Traumatizingly accurate. Holy shit. So he pulls his phone out. Not his phone. He pulls a flashlight out and shines his light on the deer. Then the flashlight slowly goes out and just won't turn back on. Mm Mm-hmm. And when he finally does get a light back on and looks back towards where the deer was, it's gone. Yes. And we heard a sound that sounded like something being dragged, and we see like some scuffs on the side of the road in the dirt. And the bushes shaking. Yep. And that's the end of episode one. Yeah. Uh, we do see a sign for Deer Fest 68, yes. the 68th annual Deer Fest, as he gets back on the road. But like, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the end of episode one. That brings us to episode two, Time Flies. Which... And this one starts with him pulling up to his hotel. Indeed it does. And there's a man in the shadow smoking a cigarette. He's Which like, we do not see him at first. We only see him when he takes a puff of a cigarette and the cherry on the end of it lights up. It's really, it's a really good camera work here. Yeah, it's a really good shot. And then he throws it down and approaches him and then just leads him into the office area to collect his key. You Jake, he says. Yeah. To which Jake just nods. So they head in, and as he's getting the key and everything, Jake looks over at a wall that's just filled with guns. So many guns. Mm -hmm. So many guns, you know it's in America. Yeah. And the guy running the hotel looks at Jake and he tells him, that'll have to be cash, the card machine's not working. And the door to your room, you gotta gotta jiggle it for it to open. No. He said the toilet runs. Toilet runs. If if you need to jiggle it, yeah. Okay, my bad. I thought it was the room. Nope. And so then he starts leading Jake off, and Jake comments on how quiet it is. He's like, it's very quiet out here. What'd you do? Kill all the animals? Kill the critters. Kill the critters. To which the guy replies, it's the quiet ones you gotta look out for. Which is such a weird comment, but like you pointed out... It could be in reference to the conversation, by which I mean Jake has not said a word up till this point to the man. Mm -hmm. Or in reference to the fact that it's the quiet nights you have to watch for, which both could be apt descriptions. Yep. Uh, Or it could be a self-commentary about himself because he comes across as a very quiet, reluctant-to-speak individual. Indeed it could be. Jake then goes into his hotel room, lays down on his bed fully dressed. We get the fan chopping away above Mm -hmm. him. And then he wakes up suddenly. Then we hear a very odd sound sting as he draws the curtains back. And it's just daylight. Yep, it's just the next day. We cut to him pulling into the diner again. Mm Mm-hmm. And he goes in the diner, is met by Rose, and he's like, do you ever sleep? Do you, are you, are you still here? Yeah. To which she doesn't comment about that and instead gestures to someone sitting in a booth, mentioning that she wondered why that woman was wearing makeup. And Jake 
goes to sit with her. It's an old friend of his, it seems. It almost feels like she's an ex, maybe. Yeah, it's unclear exactly what their relationship is here. And he, they have some small talk. She's a reporter here in Bright Falls, or she works for a newspaper or something in Bright yeah, Falls. Yeah, something like that. And he's like, I never did figure out why you came to Bright Falls. And she goes, no, I, I guess you never did. Yep. And then she suddenly has to leave. Her phone makes a noise. Yeah. She's like, you know where to find me. And she leaves. Mm-hmm. And then Jake is off to visit Dr. Hartman, who is the head of a rehabilitation clinic up here. For, for artists. artists who are struggling to like either cope with reality or like dealing with writer's block or... Creativity issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the lodge... He goes into interview Hartman. He's setting up his camera so he can record the interview so like he can look back and take notes and properly quote the man. Yes. And he asks Hartman if it's okay, to which Hartman's just like, you're a writer, aren't you? Right. Such a dick move. Matches the character in game perfectly. I don't know if you've ever interviewed somebody and had to do it in notes, like handwritten. It's a bitch. It's literally the worst and most ineffective way to do an interview. Yes. Like You have to either be very good at like shorthand. Or a very quick fucking writer. It, or the interview with like lulls and stutters so hard yeah he's it's so like writing to keep up with somebody's speech is very difficult Mm -hmm. but hartman starts talking he wrote a book called the creator's dilemma and the book itself is about how sometimes creatives feel like they're trapped in this world that they've created and bound and constrained by the it's a it's a really a, a metaphor for the game alan wake which yes brilliant and then hartman goes on to expound that he believes by studying this and helping them he can find ways to help everyone and he starts going off on this whole thing and as jake zones out sort of on a painting or a road that looks eerily similar to the one he drove in on and and he essentially blacks out here yes and he has a bunch of disjointed visions and imagery Mm -hmm. starting with rose from the diner a deer a dead rabbit some type of person in a cage maybe or behind a fence that's hard to tell there's a flare Mm mm-hmm a sugar cube being held against coffee to absorb it. Someone running barefoot through the woods. And then a dead deer head in water. Yep. And like these all snap by like. Yeah. And it's very hard to get all of it. But honestly, there was a point in the diner where like it cuts to a woman laughing. And yeah. my brain went, oh, this is so Twin Peaks. Yes, it is very much so. And then we got to this and I was like, oh, this is Twin Peaks. Yeah. So once this resolves, we are now at the front entrance to the lodge lounge and, area. And Hartman's going, it was really nice talking with you. If you need anything more for your article, art- let me know. I'll be happy to meet you. And we get him zoning back into this conversation by like a focus up on his eye, slowly undilating. Yeah. And then he gets back in his car and he's driving back to the hotel. He calls Hal immediately and she's like, I don't know what. Yeah, he's calling Hal to be like, Yo, I just had a blackout. I have no idea what happened. I just totally bombed that interview. I'm not going to have anything. I don't We're know. We're going to reschedule if possible or whatever. And then he notices writing on his pad next to him and he pulls it out. And it's extensive notes, pages mm-hmm. and pages of notes. But the last page is I- less notes and more the ramblings of a madman. And a very well-drawn head of a deer. In silhouette. like Yes, in like, with in like, like massive black antlers and like... In, in like black mm-hmm. line style. Yep. And some of the quotes from this page, which if you're familiar with the game again, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get where these are coming from. No more light, no more light. Thank you for my suffering. Embrace me or fear me. Yep. It is hungry for more. I have already left my legacy. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, if you know the game, you understand where this is going, at least to an extent. 
But as he is kind of looking at this and driving down the road, we see a man in like a full, jumpsuit, a full jumpsuit, mm-hmm. carrying the head of a deer, just carrying the head of a deer. And Jake drives past him into a tunnel. And that's the end of episode two. That is the end of episode two of Bright Falls. Justice. What say you, Bright Falls? It has a very interesting cinemagraphic language, much like Twin Peaks. Yes. But I don't think it would add anything to the experience of Alan Wake. That's fair. I think you could play Alan Wake without... Actually, I know you can play Alan Wake without needing this. And thus, I don't know how good it can be, because I know it's only six episodes at roughly the same length for each thing. So it feels kind of bleh. like Superfluous. I might watch the rest of it. I don't know. I will, just because I love Alan Wake. Yeah. I'll watch the rest of this because it's another 19 minutes of my time and definitely worth the watch i think just in the if you really like the game yeah i can understand it but yeah it it really it has the same like filmography language as twin peaks and like as i was in between before we started recording this i was thinking about twin peaks and alan wake and the ways that they're connected because like alan wake is so obviously inspired by twin peaks in so many ways even though alan wake blatantly says it's inspired by stephen king and it is yeah but it's also inspired by twilight zone but I think when I think people when they talk about how it's inspired by Twin Peaks, they're getting it wrong. It's not like inspired by Twin Peaks in like a plot sense or a story. No, it's inspired sense. by David Lynch's cinematographic work on the series. In the town, mm-hmm. Bright Falls is a Twin Peaks analog. Yeah, like the story is not Twin Peaks at all. But the setting and the language through which the story is told very much is. Yeah, exactly. And I think. It's really good. I enjoy it. I'm excited to watch more of the show, actually, just because I like the universe. I'm excited for the Twin Peaks. Sorry. I'm excited for the Alan Wake TV show that's coming yeah. eventually. And Alan Wake 2. And Alan Wake 2. And I need to play All-American Nightmare. I mean, American Nightmare is like, I know everything that happens in it. Me too. So like, eh. But yeah, that brings us to our last show this evening, which is also an Alan Wake related television show. And it is Night Springs. Yes, that's right. Bright Falls and Night Springs. The diegetic television show from the game itself, Night Springs. Mm -hmm. And we'll start with the first episode you can come across in the game, because because it's the best analog to an episode one we have. Yeah, because we don't have an episode one, two, three, four. So instead we're doing them in order appearance in game. Episode one is Quantum Suicide. Yes. And the entire setup for this episode, because these aren't long things, it's... I think the the longest one is under four minutes. It takes place in one location and it is at a scientific press release that a dr barclay colvin is holding to demonstrate the practical effects of a device he has made to harness the ability of the multi-world theory and he shows us a loaded nine millimeter gun yes we don't know it's loaded but he says it is loaded yes he then says this gun cannot kill me and points it against his head and pulls the trigger the gun seems to misfire and he goes, ah, you think you think it's misfired. Perhaps it's just a blank. And then he points it down at a potted plant and goes, but see, the bullet is real and shoots the potted plant. Yes. And then he goes on to explain how every decision you make creates a tangential uh, reality that where that decision is not made. Every outcome. Every, out, every time there's a possibility for outcome, mm-hmm. it creates a tangential world where that outcome was different. And he by, has created this machine. By harnessing this quantum capability of splitting worlds with the machine he has created a quantum immortality for himself because no matter what he does to die instead it is a version in which he lives and the machine that he's created always picks the timeline the world line where he lives yes so even though this gun is fully loaded every time he goes to shoot himself it will click and misfire to which one of the reporters calls out that he's a madman basically he's like that's wrong he's like it doesn't matter because all we care about is the here and now yes i killed someone and i killed myself in a different universe but that is not here and while he's 
ranting and raving on this subject. A reporter tugs on something with his foot by accident and goes, Oh, hey, is this supposed to be plugged in? And he holds up a plug, to which we don't know what, but... It's pretty obvious. And Barclay goes, look, I will demonstrate it again. And puts the gun against his head and blows his brains out. Yes. To which then we, we then get a Rod Sterling ass close to about how sometimes it's best to not look in the box in reference to Schrodinger's cat. Mm-hmm. How it's best not to try to split the atom and that oftentimes curiosity kills a cat especially in night springs it's also like the outro also has like a large condemnation for hubris like Mm -hmm. yeah even if you do something maybe it is best not to like it questions whether dr colvin died of his own hubris or for the failing of others the failing to understand the uh yeah the unwittingness of the masses something like that yep that's the end of episode one of night springs and then episode two of night springs is man in the mirror which it's weird. just a michael jackson's music video it's it was, that shows it was up, really yeah. weird like i know like all these episodes are like sub four minutes but like the fact that this was just literally michael jackson music video I wasn't expecting it, but I didn't dislike it. Like, I mean, the Michael song's Jackson a, has a strong discography. The song's a bop. It's not like it's not his best. It's not off Thriller by any yeah. means, but like, it's a pretty good song. No, this one is about a man who has just been arrested and is being interrogated by an FBI agent mm-hmm, because he killed a man at his son's soccer game. Yes, he didn't just kill a man. We find out that he beat the man to death with his fists so badly that he, the man could not be identified. When the police asked, when the FBI agent asked him why he did it, the guy was like, "I just didn't like his face." And the FBI agent goes, "Yeah, you see, I would, I, I would believe that, but we ran the victim's fingerprints, and they were the exact same as yours." And we talked to your son, and he said that you were wearing a white shirt, the shirt the victim was wearing. Yours is black, and the guy's just like, "It was red by the time I was done." And like the, the detective a- seems, the FBI agent seems very off put by this entire interaction. And he goes, he's like, "What was even your motive? Why did you do it? Why did you do it?" And the guy goes, "Well, I talked to my son, and he'll never forget it." I've made my mark. To which the FBI agent stands up and draws his gun and aims it at the guy. Yeah, because the man is admitting that like the only reason he murdered this guy was to scar this child. Yep. And the agent's confused and pulls the gun and the man goes, why would you kill me? I'm going to prison for it. There's no way I'm not. Yeah. But maybe, maybe one day. You'll see me sooner than you think. Staring back at you from the mirror. Yep. And, and that's the end of... And the man disappears. Yeah. The, the implication is the man is actually an entity that exists in reflective surfaces. Yes. And we end with another rod. Sterling ask Sterling Sterling Rod Sterling ask quotation like narration to which it's I don't even remember it it wasn't that great no the opening for this one was much better than the yeah. indie narration the opening narration is crime and punishment cancer and its cure some crimes though have no punishment. yeah society's cancer and its cure yeah yeah very good show mm-hmm. I I I I I assume you got the couch potato yes achievement I, I actively hunted down every episode mm-hmm. of Night Springs in the game. Because I love little bits like this, and also Night Springs is like fully live action within the video yep. within the video game, which for the time release of, of Alan Wake, like 2010, was kind of impressive. 2011, maybe. Yeah, insanely impressive, really cool. And honestly, I'm a huge fan of Twilight Zone, and that's what this show's riffing on. Yeah. So like, it was this nice little like Easter eggy thing, and all the episodes tie into the game. Mm-hmm. If I love it. Yep. But 
But yeah, that's all we have on this right flight. But I guess the better question here is, would you watch the rest of these? Oh, wait, you already answered you did. I would watch all of them. Would yeah. you? I have also watched all of them before. Yeah, this one was kind of a freebie, but we already did Bright Falls, and we figured why not. It would have felt weird for Fright Flight not to be at least three shows. Yeah. We want to thank you, though, for coming along with us on this spooktacular flight, and uh, we'll see you on the 22nd for more spooky shows. We'll find something. They're out there. Or are they? Maybe they're already here. Maybe they're behind you right now. <laughs>